Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hey there, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I'm so glad that you are spending a little bit of time with me today. We are going to get very foundational in this episode and talk about one or two very, very simple changes that you can make right away that will significantly improve your energy, your metabolism, your ability to burn fat, and your health. And and I'm not overstating that. I've realized really in the past couple days my need to do this topic, and it's funny because it's something that I've been very passionate about for several years, but uh, it kind of came to mind over the past few days while we've been doing the One a Day to Transform in May challenge. So if you're listening to this in the month of May, you might be familiar with the fact that I've challenged our listeners to pick one daily commitment each day in the month of May. It can be the same thing. It can be different every day that will move you towards your fat loss goals or your health goals. And one thing that I'm seeing repeatedly is people committing to drink more water. And I think that's awesome. I do think that it is what I call a big rock for fat loss. And I want to take our time together today to talk not only about why water is so important for both health and fat loss and how you can know if you're getting enough water. But I also want to talk about some of the main ways that water can con- water consumption can go wrong and some of the risks that we face when drinking certain tap waters and even bottled waters. And I will say that this is not to generate fear. It is not to generate fear. I will genuinely feel disappointed if anybody walks away from this episode thinking, oh my gosh, how terrible. I'm so scared. This is awful. I can't go anywhere. I can't drink anything. I can't do anything. That's that's really not the way that I want you to take any of this information. This episode is about empowering you to make the best choices you can make. And I and again, I hope nobody responds in fear or frustration, but unfortunately, I see that a lot, right? If I talk about um, processed oils or I talk about anything in, in processed foods, people will say, oh my gosh, it's so hard to find something without this and this is so scary and so awful and I just don't know what to trust and what to do and blah, blah, blah. If that's how you choose to respond, 
no judgment, that's cool. But I would encourage you to consider taking the approach that I personally take and think is just more helpful and and more productive of, wow, how good it is to know so that now I can make a better choice. So I hope that the filter through which you hear this, little little water pun there, uh, the filter through which you hear this whole episode is through that of, looking to improve any choices that you're making, not fear or anything like that. Because water is undeniably one of the most, if not the single most important thing that we put into our bodies. I mean, of course it is, right? We are more than 60% water. That's kind of major. Water is used in every function within the body, every single metabolic process, But if we aren't careful, when we consume water, we could be getting a lot more than we're bargaining for. But I want to remind you that if you are currently working on making food changes, if you're currently working on some other big rock of fat loss or health, remember that you do not have to do everything at once. I don't want you to think like, oh, now I need to change gears, change direction, make water my focus. If you are making a change, working on building a habit, seeing progress, getting results, keep doing what you are doing. You do not have to do everything at once. And I know it's easy to kind of hear something and go, oh, that's what I need to do now. And we get this like dieting mindset ADD and jump from one thing to the next before we've mastered what we're working on. So if you feel like that's where you're at and you might be tempted to drop what's working for you and try something new, maybe this isn't the right time for you to listen to this episode. Maybe you want to come back to it a little bit later, okay? But back to the topic at hand. Water is a big rock for fat loss because health is a big rock for fat loss, okay? Water is a big rock for fat loss because hormone balance is a big rock for fat loss and water significantly impacts our health. It can significantly impact our hormone balance and therefore it significantly impacts fat loss, like I said, we we are about 60% water plus or minus. We need water for everything. We need water for digestion, for transporting nutrients throughout our body, getting rid of waste, right? Proper, proper bowel movements, you name it. Now, if we flash back like we've done before to seventh grade science class and we think about our cells, Within each cell is a structure called the mitochondria. And the mitochondria is the power plant, the energy factory within your cell. I always remember it very specifically and consistently being called the powerhouse of the cell. And it really is that. It is the energy factory for your body. And water helps to power all of the processes that happen and take place within the mitochondria, which makes water incredibly important for energy. As little, a decrease as small as as just 2% of your total body water can decrease your energy by 20% or more. So if you're taking your total body water and you are missing out on just a tiny couple of percent, that can have a 20% or more impact on your energy. Now, the awesome flip side of that, because I am the eternal optimist, or I try to be, right, 
is that if you make sure you are properly hydrated, that change alone can increase your energy by 20% or more. That is such an easy thing. Why wouldn't we all do that? I mean, think about it. If I said to you, you can make this tiny little thing, this tiny little change, and it might give you 20% more energy, who would not capitalize on that, right? So something as simple as quality hydration can make a massive, massive difference in your energy. The other thing to keep in mind is that our blood is primarily composed of water, right? And what does your blood do? It transports oxygen and it transports nutrients throughout your body. So if we are dehydrated even a tiny bit, that will impair blood flow. This suboptimal blood flow is going to impair delivery of oxygen throughout your body, which is going to contribute to fatigue. It can contribute to uh, reduced performance in any of your physical pursuits, right? And it decreases your body's ability to deliver nutrients where they need to get to. So you can have less energy, an impaired ability to focus, right? An impaired ability to heal and recover, plus impaired digestion. One thing I get a lot of emails uh, about from people is that they're struggling with constipation. We absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to be drinking enough water if we want digestion and the excretion of the foods that we're eating to happen normally. If you are experiencing constipation, you absolutely need to make drinking water more of a priority. The other thing that uh, hydration has a major impact on is our joint health, okay? So in the space between our joints, there's something called synovial fluid. It's like the cushion between our joints. It is the shock absorber. And this synovial fluid is pretty much water, right? It is largely water. How can you keep up this cushion? How can you maintain the integrity of this without proper hydration? Well, you can't right? You just can't. From a fat loss perspective, obviously we want metabolism to happen properly and water is required for both metabolism of the foods that we eat and for fat burning. You'll remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about the science of fat burning and we talked about the fact that first, Fat is released from a cell, and then it has to travel through the blood to enter another cell where it can be burned. So if our suboptimal hydration status is impairing blood flow, which can happen with just a tiny degree of dehydration, then we are impeding our body's ability to burn fat optimally. If you are even slightly dehydrated, this impairs both metabolism and fat burning, and you know, we want to kind of stack the cards in our favor, right? We want to have everything going as well as possible. And if something as easy as hydration can make this easier, this is a no-brainer. The other thing to keep in mind is that your brain is approximately 70 to 80% water. So minor hydration changes, being dehydrated just a tiny bit, can impact your memory, your ability to pay attention, your problem-solving abilities. All of this suffers when you are not uh, properly hydrated. The great thing about our bodies is that we are super, super efficient. Your body can generate its own water, but not much. So basically, we can generate about 8% 
8% of our body's total water needs. So that means we have to consume the other 92% of the water our body needs for proper function. Are you making that a priority? Are you giving your body what it needs to take care of you properly, to help your metabolism stay efficient, to help your digestion stay efficient, to help your brain function optimally? Are you making it a daily priority to get the 92% of water that your body needs? Now, I mentioned a couple minutes ago that just a 2% decrease in your body's water can decrease your energy significantly. As we get closer to just a 10% decrease, and this is not a big decrease, right? Most of us are dehydrated well within this range of 2 to 10%. When we get closer to that 10%, we experience joint pain muscle cramps, digestive issues, anxiety, headaches, high blood pressure, irritability, right? There are a couple of things that we need to keep in mind as far as things that dehydrate us. Caffeine and alcohol are two things that contribute to dehydration. They actively encourage the body to eliminate water. Other things that dehydrate us, obviously exercise, right? If we're sweating or if we're in a very humid environment. And stress also contributes to dehydration. One other thing I want to point out uh, in the previous episode, or it might have been a couple episodes, I don't know, episode 45, we talked about the fact that carbohydrates in the body are like little sponges. Every single gram of carbohydrate that you consume hangs on to approximately four grams of water. So carbs are these sponges. They hang on to water. This is why when people cut carbs, they drop a lot of weight quickly. Most of that is water. This is also why a lot of people complain about what they call low-carb flu or this fatigue, low energy, headaches, joint pain, irritability as they start to move towards a whole foods diet and cut out a lot of those high-carb processed foods. When you get rid of the carbs, you're, you don't have those sponges anymore. So you're shedding all this water. And if you're not actively replacing it, you're going to probably feel like crap, right? So you need to drink more water. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, I just hate drinking water. You know, I, I really prefer diet soda or coffee or tea. Water is not the only way, like drinking flat water or sparkling water isn't the only way to get your water in. Lots of foods and fluids are good sources of water. Yeah, coffee and tea provide a lot of water. You just have to take into account that if they're caffeinated, they do kind of contribute to their own excretion. But then foods... Fruits and vegetables are anywhere from 80% to high 90% water content. So as we transition to a more whole foods-based diet, that helps our hydration status. On the flip side, processed foods are not good sources of water. So just the mere act of switching over to this whole foods-based diet is going to do good things for your hydration status. Keep in mind that your body can only process so much water at a time. So if you're thinking like, oh, first thing in the morning, I'm going to grab a two liter of water and chug it. Not a good plan. 
You want to pace it out. You want to spread it out over the course of a day, drink more slowly, and that is going to improve absorption and utilization. If you sort of flood your body all at once, much less is going to be absorbed or utilized and much more is going to be excreted so it doesn't do that much for you. Now, I know that you guys are all thinking, all right, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready with my paper and my pen. Tell me exactly how much to drink. And you know me better than that, okay? I I would love for us all to agree that it's a little, I want to use the word silly, but I don't want to offend anybody, but it's like counterintuitive to think that there's some magic formula for figuring out our water because we're just not that way. There's so much variability. There's so many factors, right? It depends on your body weight. It depends on how much water you're getting from the foods that you're eating. It depends on how physically active you are and what the climate is where you live and how stressed you are and how many diuretics you're consuming, whether it's caffeine or alcohol and all those things. There's so many factors. People are so quick to say, oh, here's the magic number, eight cups a day, done. Well, that might be way inadequate and it might be way excessive. It totally is relevant to you. But there is a good way to tell on a daily basis if you are drinking enough water. And that is the color of your urine, right? I mean, this is this is not like news to most people. I will say, however, if you're taking supplements, it can throw this off because we often see a lot of excretion of the active components of those supplements in our urine. It can darken the color of the urine. But that aside, your urine should be very, very pale yellow to clear. It should not be dark yellow, okay? It absolutely positively should not be like apple juice color towards towards brown. It should be a very translucent, clear or pale yellow, all right? Eight cups a day is just somebody throwing out an arbitrary number. It's totally random. We're all so, so different. Like I said, there's so many factors that play a role here. The color of your urine is a really great indicator. If it's too dark, drink more water, right? If it's very pale yellow towards clear, you're good. The other thing that's kind of obvious to pay attention to is how thirsty you are. I mean, People seem to get along just fine 100 years ago without somebody saying eight cups a day of water. They drank when they were thirsty, right? And that's a that's a super obvious but good indication. If your mouth is dry, drink more water. If you're thirsty, drink more water. Now, I want to transition here and talk about water quality because this is not as simple as turning on the faucet and getting a cup of water. That can actually be a not so healthy strategy. But keep in mind, like I said before, this is not to generate fear. This is to empower you to make the best choices you can for yourself and for your families. Okay, that's that's the filter through which we're hearing all of this. As a kind of foundational principle here, Can we all agree that all water is recycled? There is no new water. New water is not being generated. When you flush the toilet, you're recycling that water. When you wash your dishes, that water is recycled. When trash is dumped into the ocean, the ocean water is getting recycled. It's all recycled. It evaporates and then it rains. You've got agricultural runoff. When you wash your dirty clothes, all of that water is recycled. And then it's treated and then it travels to you and then you drink it, right? It's traveling to you inside 
miles of pipeline. Now, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, would I want to open up my pipes, run my finger along the inside, and then lick my finger? I mean, that just gives me the chills just thinking about it, right? But if you are drinking unfiltered tap water, that's what you're doing. And it's worse than that, actually, because not only is it traveling through miles and miles of pipeline, God knows how old, how dirty or what's in there, it's picking up contaminants and metals and pesticides and agricultural runoff along the way. But then it's disinfected. And what is the most common disinfectant in our municipal water supply? Chlorine, bleach. Also, ammonia. And I don't know about you, but I have these memories of my mom telling me not to mix chlorine and ammonia when you're cleaning because it could kill you. So now we're drinking it. I'm confused, right? Now, I will say we want our water to be disinfected. Looking at third world countries is a great example of the dangers that happen when water is not disinfected. However, the methods commonly used in municipal water supplies in the U.S., are dangerous. And when we know better, we do better. We are not just like stuck with the water coming out of our faucet. We have options and we're going to talk about them. But first, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are very commonly found in our municipal water supplies. Chlorine is an antibiotic. Antibiotic like kills bacteria. And so chlorine kills bacteria in the water, which is good, right? I mean, in theory, because we don't want to be consuming dangerous bacteria. But A, drinking chlorine is bad and it is very often not filtered out of the water. And B, chlorine, when we ingest it into our system, it also kills the bacteria in our own body. And you might be thinking, well, that's good, right? Well, it's good and it's bad, but it's primarily bad because chlorine is an equal opportunity serial killer. It is killing all the bacteria. And we have billions of healthy bacteria in our bodies that are what basically create our immune system and support our life. And chlorine kills them all. It's like being permanently on an antibiotic every time you take a sip of water. And that is no bueno. Bad news, right? Plus, in the water, chlorine combines with other compounds naturally found in the water to make stuff that's extra dangerous. And one very common example uh, is a classification of compounds known as trihalomethanes, or THMs. The most common trihalomethane is chloroform very commonly found in municipal water supplies, and it's dangerous. It's a known carcinogen, and chloramines, the combination of chlorine and ammonia, very common in municipal water supplies, has been associated with all sorts of scary stuff. And I'm going to link uh, to some of the research on this stuff on the show notes page at primalpotential.com. But we're talking miscarriage, birth defects, asthma, immune diseases, um, lots and lots and lots of autoimmune diseases linked to chloramines uh, and these THMs. But let's let's get back to chlorine for just a second. Would you go to a chlorinated swimming pool and like dip a cup in the water and take a sip? No, you wouldn't. Why? Because it's treated with chlorine, right? And well, people probably pee in it, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. But chlorine makes your skin and your hair feel like super gross, right? Chlorine also dehydrates you, which is a little ironic, right? But in that, the dehydration from chlorine is why you get all like pruney and wrinkly. And if you're thinking, well, geez, I kind of get that when I wash dishes or when I take a shower. 
that's because there's chlorine in that water. It's still in your water, right? Your municipal water supply is intentionally treated with chlorine and many water filters don't filter out chlorine and many people don't have a water filter, right? The thing that I want to point out, and some of you might be thinking this, our bodies have very strong defense systems. And when you drink water, say, that has chlorine or chloramines or chloroform, oftentimes they were protected from it in some ways. It can't enter the bloodstream. Your body, your digestive tract protects you. It can't get through your intestinal lining and it's excreted. That's not always the case, right? But it is for many people. However, when you shower... Think about it. Your skin is your largest organ and it's totally exposed to the elements. And we open it up even more with what? With heat. So we step into a hot, unfiltered shower and our pores open wide up and we are just letting these toxins and chemicals right in through our skin. Now the other thing is the heat in the shower turns a lot of these components into their gas form. And so we are breathing them right in. We are missing out on the protection that we have when we drink it. So my personal stance, since I first heard about this in a presentation, gosh, six or seven years ago, is that a shower filter to me, for me personally, is even more of a priority than a than a filter on my drinking faucet out of my kitchen. But I mean, they're both super, super high uh, priorities. I will say, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, not all filters remove chlorine, okay? And not all filters remove chloramines. And so that's, that's a consideration. Now, I'll also say, and we'll talk more about filters, like I said, if you're thinking it's expensive, it doesn't have to be. The filter I have in my shower is like $30. But for some people, even $30 is more than you have or want to spend. Here's a little trick for you, okay? If you are taking a bath or if you are bathing a child uh, in, a, in a tub or in a sink or something like that, you can take a tablet of vitamin C, and vitamin C tablets are like super, super inexpensive, and you dissolve one 1,000 milligram tablet in the bath water, and that will neutralize the chlorine and the chloramines, which is awesome. And I will say, and again, this is not to be an alarmist or freak you out, but me as a fully grown adult, I don't even want to expose myself to the chlorines and the chloramines and the chloroform, and I am a grown person. I definitely wouldn't want to expose an infant or toddler or child to these things. So if you are bathing your kid and you're not at a point where you can invest in, you know, a, a whole house filter or a shower filter for all of your bathtubs or all of your faucets, get these very inexpensive vitamin C tablets and dissolve a thousand milligrams of vitamin C in your bath water. Now, I'll also say that chlorine and chloroform and chloramines are not the only things we need to worry about in our water. There have been so many studies done on municipal water supplies. And again, I'm going to link to them over on the show notes page at primalpotential.com. And they have found hundreds of chemicals and drugs and toxins in the water supply that are not measured, monitored, or controlled. Okay? Yeah, they try hard to treat the water with chlorine to keep the pathogens out, but not the pharmaceuticals, not nicotine, not caffeine. Remember, 
all the water is recycled. So from sewage, um, from waste products, you name it, it's all being recycled and it is not being filtered out of our water supply. Most cities in the U.S. have tested positive for antibiotics in the water, anti-inflammatories, caffeine, nicotine, pesticides, hormones. The water treatment facilities are not moving those things or removing those things. And just because of the nature of the world we live in and new drugs and new toxins and new um, treatments of agriculture, we're constantly adding more and more chemicals to the mix. Now, the environmental working group spent several years investigating uh, the water supply throughout the U.S. and found that high 80 percent, about 85 percent of the population was consuming tap water that had over 300 contaminants that we don't know the long-term effects of and are not being regulated by the EPA. The EPA is measuring kind of the big dogs, right? Most stuff goes unmeasured and unmonitored. Now, I will say that water supply is different city by city, and I will link in uh, on primalpotential.com on the show notes. You just go to primalpotential.com, hit the podcast tab right there on the homepage, and all the show notes are right there. Chlorine is removed from some municipal water supplies, but not all. And you can check, you can get a water report from your city. And I'll talk about well water in a second because that's a different story. I'm talking about like municipal water supplies right now. But I just out of curiosity checked the water report for Charlotte, North Carolina. Now they rate them like school report cards, A, B, C, D, E, F. Charlotte, North Carolina got a D minus. What was one of the things over the legal limit? Those trihalomethanes that I talked to. What was also above health limits? Lead. I'll tell you what, don't give me an acceptable limit for lead in my water. The only acceptable limit for me is zero. And I feel the same way about some of the other stuff that was found in the Charlotte, North Carolina water, like radium, like chloroform, like chloromethane, right? All of these things, you know what? Don't tell me that there is an acceptable limit because there's not. There's absolutely positively not. So I don't leave it to chance. Some other stuff that is very commonly found in water supply, asbestos, right? Asbestos, a known major, major carcinogen, which is dangerous in any, any form of exposure. And it gets into the drinking water because of old pipeline. Also, cysts. Now, you might be thinking of cysts in a, in a different way, but a cyst here is basically like a sac around larvae or parasites. And they are resistant to some of the treatment in the municipal water supply. And so we ingest them and they attach themselves in our intestines and they grow right there in our bodies. Pretty nasty. Pretty damn nasty. Now, well water is not treated like city water. But I would say, so well water is a better a better option. It doesn't mean, though, that there is no need for filtration. I would still encourage filtration of well water because there can be sediment and it's traveling through pipeline that does degrade and decay, right? If you're thinking you are in safe harbor because you drink bottled water, the first thing I'll say is, do you shower in it? 
Do you brush your teeth with it? Probably not, right? The other thing, though, is that bottled water is kind of a ripoff. It is not regulated. It is not regulated. The only legal requirement for bottled water is that it has to be as good as your tap water. Well, gee, that makes me feel about 0% better, right? Plus, in just the last couple of years, many bottled waters have been recalled for everything from arsenic contamination, uh, chloride, fluoride, aluminum, pharmaceutical drugs, bacteria, mold, you name it. So just because it's bottled doesn't mean a dang thing. And there's so much marketing stuff that goes into this, like it's filtered. Filtered through what? A coffee filter? What did you remove? You know, prove it. And the other thing to keep in mind is if you remember back to the episode we did a couple months ago on estrogen, and recall that fat loss is all about hormone balance, one of the major hormones that can mess with our ability to burn fat, whether we're male or female, is estrogen. And we can throw off our estrogen balance by exposing ourselves to estrogen mimics. And one major place for estrogen mimics to sneak in is in plastics, and they leach into the water. So we should work very hard to avoid plastic vessels for both food and beverages whenever we can. Even if the bottle says BPA-free, BPA is a known carcinogen found in plastics, there are other estrogen mimics in the plastic, and they do leach into your water, okay? So, and the other thing is, I mean, bottled water for the fact that it's not regulated, it's very expensive and it's wasteful. It takes about three liters of water to produce just one liter of, of bottled water because of the water required to make a plastic bottle and all this other stuff. So let's talk quickly about practical stuff, practical implementation, uh, implementation finding a water filter. Not all water filters are created equal. You can get some very inexpensively or you can spend a whole lot of money. Any filter is better than no filter, okay? But I would encourage you to find a filter that is NSF certified. N as in Nancy, S as in Sally, F as in Frank. NSF certification is an independent certification. You want it to be an independent certification. If a water filter company is certifying their own, like, well, I mean, what's that worth, right? NSF certification is independent, nonprofit, and they test and verify that the filter does, in fact, reduce contaminants and not just improve taste or smell, okay? Then you need to consider what you're willing to do based on your budget because you can get a whole house filtration system and they're very expensive, but they can also be high quality. They're not feasible if you rent or something like that. Um, but you can also get screw on, like literally you just remove the hardware on your faucet um, at the head and screw on a new one. It takes like two minutes. I've done it myself and I'm the least, you know, savvy person in that way on the planet. Um, and they can range anywhere from like $25 to a few hundred dollars. Or if you really love the look of your hardware, and I've, I've been there, I'm, I'm vain like that, so it's totally cool. You can get ones that go like underneath the sink so that you can still have your beautiful, pretty hardware because a lot of the water filters are kind of ugly. But I'm at the point now where I'll take ugly. I don't want to invite toxins in through my skin, in through my mouth, anything like that. So filtering your water is one of the easiest things you can do. And over on the show notes page, I am going to link to several different water filters for your countertops, uh, for your showers, including the one that I use on my showers that I really, really love. And I noticed major uh, improvements in my skin and my hair when I switched to uh, using a shower filter. 
Now, as far as drinking more water goes, a lot of people don't want to do that, and I get that. One thing that I do to make drinking water just more enjoyable to me is I have an infusion pitcher. Okay, so it's just a water pitcher, and you fill it with your filtered water. Tap if you want to, but I'd prefer that you didn't. Um, And it has like a hollow tube in the middle with holes in it. And in the hollow tube, you put whatever you want. Sometimes I'll do lemon slices. Sometimes I'll get a little fancy and do like mango and basil. And then you just drop that into the pitcher and it infuses the water with those flavors without actually like eating the fruit or blending the fruit in there or anything like that. Um, So I will link to my favorite infusion pitcher over on the show notes page at primalpotential.com. I also love like flavored seltzer waters that are not sweetened. They're naturally flavored. LaCroix is a brand that I really like. Uh, And the other thing is if you're going to go with drinking um, water out of a bottle, consider using a stainless steel water bottle or a glass water bottle instead of plastic because of those estrogen mimics, those xenoestrogens that we talked about a few minutes ago. So for information on water filtration, I'm gonna link to some good options over on primalpotential.com, as well as linking to some research about the fact that this stuff is truly, truly in our water. I'm not making it up. I have no reason to. I'm not selling any of this stuff. Um, And uh, where you can find a report on your own city water. Now, it's super easy. If you have city water, you can call the city and say, please send me a copy of the water report. You're a taxpayer. They will do that for you. It might take them a while to get around to it. But the link I'll put up on uh, primalpotential.com just happens to have a lot of cities on there. But if yours isn't on there, no big deal. Um, Just call your, your city and get a water quality report But honestly, I mean, you can also just go on Amazon and buy a water filter. You know, that's an option too. So anyway, I hope this was helpful to you. Please head over to primalpotential.com. Check out those links. Let me know if you have questions. A great way to do that is on the homepage. There is a sign up for the VIP email list. Get on that list. Shoot me an email. Let me know what your questions are. Let me know what your struggles are. Let me know how I can help you because that's why I'm here. So until next time, guys, drink water and stay healthy. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.